0: hello and welcome back to wilderness medicine updates the show for medical providers at the edges i'm your host patrick fink today i'm going to talk about an article from the september issue of wilderness and environmental medicine and we're talking about tourniquets let's dive right into this article The article is called, Arterial Occlusion Effectiveness of Space Blanket Improvised Tourniquets for the Remote Setting, and this is by Salkner et al., from the University of Innsbruck. The important background here is that tourniquets are a very important life-saving tool in the treatment of life-threatening bleeding, which is usually due to trauma. There are a lot of great commercial tourniquet products out there, my favorites being the cat tourniquet and the SWAT-T tourniquets. But what if you're in a situation where you don't have a commercial device available? Or what if you have these devices available, but multiple injuries or victims are present and you just don't have enough of them? There's a lot of bad information about improvised tourniquets available. This begins with the image of some movie character like Rambo tightening a belt around his leg using his teeth, and it extends to the idea that an effective tourniquet can be made with a ski strap. I was under the impression that this was possible previously. But unfortunately, it's just not true. You need a wider and stronger device. So, to be effective, tourniquets have to be tight enough that they block both venous and arterial blood flow. Tourniquets that don't apply enough pressure can block just the venous outflow from a limb, i.e. the return of blood to the body. And that can worsen bleeding and ischemia because the venous blood is trapped in the limb as arterial inflow continues. These authors hypothesized that a space blanket, which is another common bit of rescue kit, could be used to create a tourniquet, and they set out to test that idea. To make a tourniquet out of a space blanket, they used a windlass method. This is a common improvisational technique in which the material of choice is tied around the limb using a square knot, and then a linear tool, in this case a carabiner, is passed through the center of the knot and twisted, like you would rotate a steering wheel, to twist and tighten the band of material. Then whatever you're using to twist it can be tucked into the material or tied down to secure that windlass. In this study, the authors used a space blanket, still folded up in a linear form, to pass twice around a volunteer's arm. They then tied a square knot and used a carabiner to act as the windlass, and then they secured the carabiner to the space blanket using the gate of the carabiner. Pretty nifty. Their outcome of interest was the efficacy of presumed bleeding control which was measured using capillary refill, as well as Doppler ultrasound measurement of arterial flow. Basically, they put on the tourniquet, and after a period of time, pinched fingernails and saw how long it took for blood flow to return, and also used Doppler ultrasound to say, hey, is there any signal from the arterial artery still present? The secondary outcomes of interest were how long it took to apply, the presence of any tingling, aka paresthesias, and the maximum intensity of pain experienced by the volunteers. The comparison tourniquet was a cat tourniquet. So what did they find? They recruited and randomized 23 volunteers, each of whom was subjected to both kinds of tourniquet, and they randomized which arm got which tourniquet using a pair of dice. Regarding time to placement, the cat was much faster at 27 seconds rather than 94. Pain intensity was higher in the cat group with a mean of 4 out of 10 compared to 2 out of 10. Capillary refill times were longer in the cat group, at 7 seconds compared to 5. But most importantly, no flow states, i.e. no arterial flow, was reached 100% of the time with the cat tourniquet and just 52% of the time with the space blanket. So, it would appear that the space blanket is garbage, but there's some caveats here. The most illuminating data given by the authors is the pressure applied by these devices when placed, and then that pressure checked again after a few minutes. They measured this by putting a slightly inflated neonatal blood pressure cuff under the tourniquet during the application, and they connected it to a manometer to see how much pressure was being applied. Pretty slick. For both the cat and the space blanket, the pressure during application was greater than 300 millimeters of mercury, which you would expect to block blood flow. We're comparing that to a systolic blood pressure. So even if you got bad high blood pressure, way over 200, it's still less than 300 millimeters of mercury. However, after a few minutes, while the cat's pressure was still greater than 300 millimeters of mercury, the space blanket was around 150 millimeters. It got looser or stretched. Also, they note that the physicians measuring radial pulsations with Doppler noted that when they measured the efficacy of space blanket tourniquets and found that radial flow was still present, if they applied as little as an additional quarter to half turn on the carabiner, it was enough to again abolish that blood flow. So while the authors appropriately conclude that arterial occlusion was less effective with a space blanket tourniquet, I think I'm going to keep this one in my back pocket. Specifically, in a real-world application You don't have to wonder if you have enough pressure applied with the tourniquet. You're not using Doppler and pinching fingernails. Either the bleeding has stopped or it hasn't. If the tourniquet loosens or stretches after it's applied, it can be tightened. Also, I probably wouldn't use a carabiner if I had a longer object available, like a section of a ski or a trekking pole, because that would give you more leverage to create more pressure. With that, Bravo to Dr. Saltner et al. at the University of Innsbruck for this interesting and super useful paper. You can find a link to the article in the show notes, and you'll have full access if you're a Wilderness Medicine Society member. Take a look at the figures and see how to construct this novel tourniquet, and it just could save a life if you just so happen to need it. And that's all for Wilderness Medicine Updates for today. Thanks for your time, and as always, if you think someone would benefit from hearing this podcast please do share it with them. I appreciate your time and your attention. And I hope that what I'm doing here is useful to you until next time. Stay fit, stay focused, and have fun.